Here's Johnny. Welcome to my nightmare. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Fear Freaks Podcast. My name is Braden. I'm Destiny. And we are the Fear Freaks. Great to see so many familiar faces in here tonight so far. And I see that we have one new face in here tonight. I see uh, Emily Schroeder uh, is in here. I hope I said your name correctly. If I did not, I apologize. Destiny's giving me the nod that I have. Welcome in. Glad to have you in here. Um, tonight, everybody, we are going to be talking about our top five horror movie openings of all time. That's the topic of discussion tonight. So be sure throughout the show to let us know what your guys's favorite horror movie openings are of all time. I think this is going to be a fun list because we're going to defer on some of them and we're probably also going to see some of the same. So I'm curious to see what this discussion is going to be like here tonight. But nonetheless, it's it's going to be a good time. So with all that being said, um, I want to say hi to everyone in the chat. We've got LaMontre in the house. Brett Man, how's it going? Emily, again, good to see you in here. Um, we got Mark Jones. We got Misael. He was wondering where we were. Uh, don't worry, buddy. We, we didn't cancel. So, you know, I was just having some – I've been having some technical – errors this week that's but that's what's been going on on my end so um had to get some stuff shifted around got a metal act what's going on and we've got flash tainment productions flash tainment man i'm telling you just like on monday night your name it, it's just a really damn cool name i'm just gonna call you like brett man's calling you flash for short i'm just gonna call you flash all right so we got flash in the house um that's actually a really good name for this week specifically because the flash is in theaters this friday so um but des how you doing what uh how are you feeling tonight what's going on i am great i am full of energy super excited to be here you literally just sound it i can feel the excitement just oozing off of your voice I took a nap and I'm done for, basically. It's why you can't nap during the days. They fuck me up. <clears throat> but I'm here. I woke up at least. So she's just going to be, she's just going to be here tonight. That's it. She's just going to play the I'm here card and we're going to go from there. Uh, Jeffrey, what's going on, man? Good to have you in here. Um, Misael says he's been curious to this list. Yeah, honestly, this one was kind of hard for me to put together. I'm not going to lie because there's some recents on here. I'm going to say that there are some recents that I think have good horror movie openings that, you know, um, are on the list. And then there are some of the oldies, you know, I think that I've got a pretty stellar mix of new and old. So, Charlie, what's going on, man? Uh, glad to have you in here. So. Before we get into that, Des, what's been going on in your world of horror this week? Anything going on uh, this week particularly? Well, I definitely did not watch as much as I wanted to watch, but I did finally watch Renfield since it's on Peacock, mm -hmm. and I enjoyed it so much. I knew I was going to like it, but I ended up liking it a lot more than I was expecting, 
Um, the gore was great. There's a lot of kills that made me laugh. There's a lot of funny moments that made me laugh. And yeah, overall, I really enjoyed the movie. I remember when this got like announced and Nicolas Cage was playing Dracula. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like really interesting. Um, can't wait to see it. And I love the way and there's so many people in the movie that surprised me. Um, for example, the guy, I cannot remember his name, but he's from Parks and Rec. He plays one of the annoying siblings. When he showed up, I was like, what the fuck? And he's like a main character in it, too. And I had no idea he was in it. So that was really cool. But I watched Renfield, very much enjoyed that. And then earlier, I watched The Devil's Candy. Because that's been on my watch list for a long time. And it's on Shutter right now. And it was so cool because it has to do with, like, Satan and, um, like, metal music and just, like, rock music and art. And so it has, like, a bunch of things combined that I really like. Um, so The Devil's Candy, and it was only like 80 minutes, so it's like a really short movie, so it flies right by, and it has the guy, if you ever seen, uh, Sweet Home Alabama, the one that plays like the gay friend, he's okay. in it, he plays the dad, and it was so surprising. Hmm. Um, he has like really long hair, he looks so different, um, but he was so good in it, so The Devil's Candy, and then we watched Freddy vs. Jason, but that's a rewatch, so yeah, yeah. That so yeah, that sounds like a pretty solid list. Otherwise, but yeah, like you said, uh, nothing too much going on uh, with me. I did between last week and this week watch Midnight Mass. Uh, I completed it all in one day. Saturday is one of those very rare occasions for me. You know, if you guys follow me on social media, you guys see I'm constantly moving around and doing shit. But it was one of those very rare days for me where I didn't do shit. I did not do a thing. I literally woke up, I worked out, I came home, uh, cleaned the pool, and literally laid in bed with coffee and just binged Midnight Mass all day. Um, so I started it Saturday morning, was done with it by Saturday night. <laughs> and um, yeah. I did wait a couple hours. Uh, I watched the in-between episode six and seven. I watched the finale with you. Um, I mean, I thought it was great, man. I think that Midnight Mass is... Uh, Flanagan's finest piece of work yet. Um, I haven't seen Blind Manor. That's going to be coming up next uh, on my list of uh, shows that I would like to get through um, in terms of like an entire series. But yeah, I think that Midnight Mass was absolutely great. It was different than what I expected it to be, honestly. So, you know, it, but it, good different. Like I was like, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't watch a trailer for it. I knew it was from Mike Flanagan and all the poster needed to tell me was that it's from the creator of the haunting of Hill house. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. Let's do it. So went into it completely blind. And if you guys haven't seen it yet and you know nothing about it, I advise to not even watch a trailer. Don't look at anything. Just go in blind. And I think you're going to be quite surprised with, what is behind that door because <laughs> uh, it's definitely a, a really damn well put together show. And then um, like you said, also uh, we did watch Freddy versus Jason. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. I think that the movie is absolutely great. So uh, um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get something right quick. Gotta, all right. Gotta grab something. Okay. So, I did get something recently, and it's probably the coolest thing I'll ever own in my life. Talking about Saturday, 
because we had the opposite of a Saturday or like a normal day. I'm always home. You're always busy. Mm-hmm. Not this Saturday. Because look at that. Don't look at the reflection, but look at that. Are you kidding me? I met Joseph Quinn. She so finally met Joseph Quinn, everybody. I got my chance. It was super fast, but I um, I did it. And I got the proof. And now it sits probably on my wall. So Permanently on the wall. It. Permanently on the wall. She finally got a chance to do it. I'm super excited for that. Uh, she's been talking about doing that for the longest time. Obviously, really since after Stranger Things Season 4 came out, it was like a goal of hers. She's like, I'm going to meet this man, I swear to God. Like, you know, and she finally had the opportunity to do it. She did it this past Saturday and did it without any sort of like, you don't like, again, you don't look nervous at all in that picture. It's it's a great picture. Cool as a so, cucumber. Yeah, exactly. On the inside, <laughs> though, freaking the fuck out. I was like, I woke up that morning and I did throw up twice. I was so nervous. And the whole car right there, like the whole like three hours, I was like, oh, my fucking God. And because my photo op was like earlier, not as soon as we got there, but basically within like the hour and a half. So I was like, oh, my God, I was just so nerve wracking. And then you walk in and it's just like it happened so fast. You can't even process and as i was walking out i was like holy shit i just did that i just did that like it wasn't even as bad as i thought it was gonna be so it was it was really cool um and that's what i was telling everyone like it's not as bad like i promise like i was freaking the fuck out it was not as bad so yeah i'm glad the picture came out well if it did it mm, y'all wouldn't be hearing from me today y'all wouldn't hear from me ever <laughs> I would be it, for. the the only yeah. person that would ever probably known would have probably been me, and that that would have been and it. Like, <laughs> is gone. That would have been, yeah, that been my reason just to fucking go off the grid. But no, no, yeah, it was fine. no, seriously, I like you. You on, when you didn't like because I was like watching episodes and like you and I were texting in between, and when it was both times when you stopped texting for about forty five minutes. I was like, she's probably getting to that point like where she's either meeting him or she now can see him from a distance and she's freaking out. Um, and then, yeah, you sent me the picture. It was like the first. And I was like, oh, my God, that's absolutely awesome. Um, and then the signature as well. So um, yeah. Brett, man, got the super chat. Glad he spelled your name right. And you guys all know what that means. For your information, my revenue stream currently generates two million dollars a year in charitable contributions for my community. Ah, damn. Ah, damn. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I love playing that video so much. That clip is so, it's just so awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, just some uh, housekeeping notes that I just want to go through really quickly, and then we will jump into our list. I promise uh, we will keep you guys from waiting anymore. Um, this is our upcoming show schedule. So if you guys uh, want to look into the future, this is what our next month looks like i did go ahead and take off today so this one's a little bit different than i shared online yesterday i added the 719 one um so we've got top five horror endings next week on the 28th of this month we've got the i know what you did last summer watch party on july 5th we are going to be live coming at you in person from arizona um we're going to be doing a horror trivia slash game night 
And then uh, 712 Insidious the Red Door spoiler talk. And on the 19th, we are going to be doing Insidious Ranked. So that's what you guys can all look forward to on the show. Want to give a special shout out to the Patreons of the channel. Uh, You guys and your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you guys for being here and um, helping the channel continue to grow so you guys are absolutely awesome if you guys are looking at joining patreon you guys can do so in the link patreon.com backslash braden timmons and last but not least the last housekeeping note that i have is the last nightmare uh has its pre-launch campaign open currently um we currently have over 70 people now signed up to get notified once that campaign goes live if you guys do sign up you guys get discounts on perks including a $10 off uh, on your Blu-ray pre-order. So if you guys are thinking about back in the last nightmare, we hope that you guys are, uh, you guys will have the opportunity to do that starting July 7th. And the pre-launch campaign is open. Link is down below in the description. Thank you guys for listening. Let's get into tonight's um, topic. So Des, how do you want to approach this? Uh, Do do you want to go first or uh, what, what are we thinking? Well, did you do honorable mentions? I did. I did too. Okay, let's do those first. As discussed. Yes. I followed my homework assignment. All right. I'll just, we'll do like one at a time with each thing. Okay. Including honorable mentions. Okay. All right. So for my first honorable mention, I put Evil Dead Rise. And it's not even so much as like the opening itself. I do think the opening is pretty strong. Um, we start off in the woods uh, out there by the lake. We get a classic cabin and some nods to like the original Evil Dead. Um, mainly the reason why I put it on this is because of the title card, just because the opening sequence does lead to the title card, which is mm-hmm. absolutely outstanding. Um, so Evil Dead Rise, uh, it's gory. It's already setting up the tone of the movie, which I feel like most of these openings do. They kind of like set where we're going to be at like totally throughout the movie. It's gory. It's bloody. Um, we're already getting fun Easter eggs and we get sort of a classic Evil Dead within this little opening. Um, and we start off where the movie kind of ends, which I think works out in this movie in a way. So, yeah, the opening, I don't think, is like the strongest out of anything I've seen. It's mainly just because it leads into the title card sequence. That's a stellar honorable mention. Honestly, I didn't even think about putting that on on my list. So good on you. Thank you. Your turn. Oh, you want, oh, you want me to go? OK, I thought that you were going to go through uh, both of them. Uh, but. My first honorable mention is going to 2013's The Conjuring. Um, I think that The Conjuring has a really stellar opening, um, introducing Annabelle the doll, like that first shot and the dolly out of Annabelle sitting in the chair is just absolutely terrifying. It's like, it really does throw you for a loop. Like you, cause it's like the screen is kind of like black after that chilling score that you get, like as the opening logos are playing, it's phenomenal um but like then it's like black screen boom annabelle's eye and you're just like oh jesus (laughs) like um so i do think that that's a really damn stellar way to kind of kickstart the introduction to the warrens kind of talk about their case i mean that is one of their most well-known cases so i'd say like if you're getting into like the history of the warrens and everything i understand that you know 
their real history is not the greatest. Um, they weren't necessarily the best people, but the cinematic version of the Warrens played by Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, you just love them. You can't help but yeah. seeing them on screen and everything. Um, but yeah, like the opening of that leading into them like talking at the school that they're giving the presentation on. I just think it's great overall and a very good way to not only set up the characters, but really set up the overall tone of the movie with the music and all that stuff. So, uh, and yes, Brett, man, great title card for the conjuring as well. Definitely chilling as like the title just kind of like starts rising onto the screen and it gets louder and louder and then just stops. So yeah, really, really good stuff there. Mark says opening for scream is one of his favorites. Not a fan of drew Barrymore, which makes it even better. <laughs> Wow, not a yeah. fan. Interesting. All right, my second honorable mention. I put a quiet place too. Um, I like that this opening it starts off as like a mini prequel, uh, because this is set before the attack happens, and I like that we're seeing the world like normally for a little bit, even though things are already starting to like happen, and then we're at like the Suns baseball game and everything, and it's so interesting just to see everyone like living a normal life because that's what I think about. It's just like you can look, be just having a normal day and then all of a sudden these aliens crash into Earth. And I think that's such a horrifying thing. Just they're sitting out there and then they just see it falling down. And I feel like that could happen. Maybe the aliens won't look like that per se, but that could still happen to us. Could. And I think that's scary. Um, look at the Las Vegas so incident that I just showed you last night. Like, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that. It's still a possibility, though. But um, the whole opening, um, like the whole like long take, and we get to see more of the creatures already um, within this opening than I feel like we saw in the last movie because they're out more like in the daylight and stuff. Um, but we have so many great like stunt sequences happening. You're pretty much just like thrown into it, um, especially like with uh, Emily Blunt when she's like driving the car and like the the big truck is like coming right at her. You're like thrown into it. Everything's happening so fast. And we get to see John Krasinski for like a little bit. I was happy we got to see him just because, you know, from the first movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, it's just so interesting to see everyone just like going about their normal lives and for it's all hit, which is another reason why I'm excited for day one, because it's just going to be cool to see everyone just having like a normal ass day and then for all the shit just to happen. So. Heck yeah. That's a really another really stellar honorable mention. And I couldn't agree more. Um, however, not on my honorable mention list. Um, but on my honorable mention list is the opening to 2017 Jordan Peele's Get Out. Um, I'm a fan of this opening. Like, I mean, I just think that it basically covers everyone's fucking fear. And it's that you're walking home alone or you're walking to somebody's house at night or you're close to seeing somebody at night and you're alone with nobody around and it, you just get snagged, right? Like this guy is just trying to get to where he's going. This car comes up and he, it makes him uh, uneasy and turns out he ends up getting snagged. And I like how you see it. And then it cuts to that 
beautiful wide shot of just the street and you basically see him getting placed in the trunk and then the car just turning and driving off. Um, and I like the music too a lot. I, I really do like Michael Abel's score of, of Get Out and the unsettling music that starts to play right in the beginning is awesome. Um, and then you get a really good title card like with just everything. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, the opening of Get Out like I said, just really strike some fear into uh, people from what their overall fear might be. <clears throat> that is a good one. I actually almost included that one, but I did not. So I think Misael is talking here about A Quiet Place Part 2. I don't, I don't think he enjoyed A Quiet Place Part 2 as much as he thought he would, which I find odd because I enjoyed the shit out of Quiet Place Part 2. I love A Quiet Place Part 2. Me too. I like it more than um, the first one. Mainly because I think it's more fun and sad. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> but with all that being said, everybody, the time has come to get into the top five. Top five horror movie openings. What's it going to be on both of our lists? Make sure that you guys drop in the comment section as well what your guys is number five four three two whatever wherever we're at when we're talking drop your guys's movie that you guys very much love as well so des why don't you kick us off with your numero five on the list all right for my number five i have a ghost ship from 2002 I remember watching this movie as a kid, and the opening definitely stuck with me. <clears throat> they are on this ship. Everyone's having a great old time. Everyone's dancing and whatnot. And then uh, the little girl is dancing with, like, the captain of the ship. And all of a sudden, this wire thing that is, like, pulling just snaps and it shoots right across everyone. And I like that there's like that slow moment of like everyone being in shock from what just happened, just like sitting there. And the little girl being a little girl, she's too short. So she doesn't get hit by the wire and she's watching everything happen around her and people's faces are sliding off and half their bodies are like missing and like everything's falling off. And the way the captain's face just looking and just like slides right off, even though I don't think it wouldn't have worked like that because it wouldn't have hit his head because people are being sliced by, in half too, but yeah. whatever. Um, really cool visual. Um, I don't think the movie lives up to the opening. I think the opening is the best part of the movie, unfortunately, because it starts off so strong and I think it just starts to like take a nosedive uh, throughout the movie. But that opening is so effective. It's so creepy. And as someone who didn't like boats already, and then this happened, I was just like, oh, my God. It's just like another thing to think about. Like, oh, I got to be worried about a wire snapping and then slicing me in half, too. But, you know, just add that to the list of fears. Fearless, baby. Um, no, uh, that's a solid opening. Uh, definitely. I think that, like you said, the movie doesn't necessarily live up to you know, the opening, but yeah, really good opening. I'd say, um, for me, my number five going back into 2017, I'm giving it to it. 
Um, I was going to give it to the TV miniseries, but the Georgie scene doesn't happen like right away in the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, I do really like Tim Curry's version of the, like of that scene in particularly as well. But I think that the introduction of Pennywise in this movie is handled really well. It's creepy. The lighting is a lot better in the 2017 one. Cause it looks a little too light to be like a cold rainy day. Um, in Derry, Maine, uh, for me. So that's another thing. And then just like Bill Skarsgård as like Pennywise man is just literally just mint. He's so good as this character. Um, and there's just something so it's like friendly, but cold about him at the same time, which is like what makes the opening so effective. And I just think like, yeah, people can say that the CGI looks a little wonky on his mouth, like when it opens and stuff, but I mean, well, come on now. Like when Georgie gets pulled down on the sore, that's what pushes the entire plot forward. Cause not only that, then the title card reveal is awesome. Like as it's just kind of like spinning onto the um, screen and it, it's great. And the score is amazing as well. <clears throat> so yeah, it uh, 2017 gets uh, number five on my list. Mia, what's going on? Hi, and Mia. Lisa- Misael says the ring is his favorite uh, opening. That's a really good one, too. That one also almost made my list, but it did not, unfortunately. All right. For my number four, I have Final Destination 2. Um, I think that almost all of the openings, I would say except for four, um, are pretty solid throughout the Final Destination franchise. I just think there's something about the second one because i think it's like the most accessible for people because it's just literally them driving on a highway um and that's just something that like most people have experienced or do and just for it to be a complete shit show and i like this one too because we're already established with uh, the final destination sort of like the feel of it because it's the second one going in and i like with this one i feel like the opening is like a little bit longer even though it's not much like character development really but it's a little bit longer with these characters a little bit more and um obviously the um tree logs fall down there's a big wreck it's a big pile up and i loved all like the hints leading up into it um the way it's like setting up and then uh different from the first movie all her friends die right there right next to her so it's also cool to see them kind of like changing up a little bit already but it's just something about it's just them driving and that's it and i feel like whenever um even now when we see like log trucks while we're driving it's just like oh fuck final station mm-hmm. two you gotta like move you can't stay behind them so it's something that's like been like implemented into our brains now like if you are behind one of those you have to move and it's because of this movie um and that's pretty like strong and just to see people like this is one of the movies i feel like i always see people talk about even if they're not horror fans because the opening scene is so um iconic really Mm -hmm. yeah no i i will definitely agree to that but it's not even like just wood log trucks like it's any truck that has any form Anything. of thing that can i feel fall i don't get behind it like i i just won't and i feel like anybody that drive anytime i see somebody driving right behind a car or a truck like that i'm just like 
y'all haven't seen Final Destination 2. Y'all need to get educated and watch that movie and then get your ass over into this lane. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I try to, I try to zip by those as quick as I can, honestly. Like, I mean, and if I get, if I ever get pulled over for that reason, I'd be like, Hey officer, you ever seen Final Destination 2? I've seen Final Destination 2. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so there sorry. Was one I, time I we were <laughs> stuck behind one and we couldn't move because it was just like this way and this way. And we're just stuck. And I was like, don't get too fucking close because and they're just like watching them because i can't help but like watch the logs and they're just like shaking from them driving and so i'm like oh my god it's coming down even that or like the descent mm -hmm. not log trucks but they're like steel beams and it fucking pierces right through him so yeah, yeah if there's anything on the back of a truck just get over just don't yeah don't do it not even worth it just zoom past it take the you know, warning. If you've got a good record, you're likely just going to get a warning. If you're someone that's a shitty driver, just take the fucking ticket and <laughs> go on take with your ticket. Move on. <laughs> you know, what, the, the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. You're alive. That's like, <laughs> that's the most important thing. So just pay the hundred dollars and move on. Yeah. Um, but uh, number four on my list is going to i know that i've seen a lot of people say a quiet place part two but mine is actually a quiet place the first one i love the opening of this movie i just think that this movie not only does a great job at setting up the world because like the theater experience is legit silent for like the first three minutes there's like no sound it's like just silent and it's just showcasing the world, the vibe of the world, just how broken down it is. I like how it opens like what? It, uh, how many days is it like? Right. Uh, it's like in the hundred something, I think, like or, 173. Yeah, whatever. I don't fucking know. It could also just be like day 50 or some shit. I don't fucking know. I don't remember what day it is, but I remember that it opens on a very uh, particular day. And um just the opening of uh, when that thing literally comes in and snags the kid. It's insane. And obviously that sets up for his sister to blame him, blame herself later on in the movie because she gave her brother the batteries for that rocket. I'm like, why would you give a kid batteries for something that he clearly wants to turn on in a world where no. you're supposed to be silent? She didn't give him the batteries. Oh, he took it. That's he right. He did give him the, what is it called? It, it was just like the rocket. I was called an astronaut. Gave him the rocket, and then they took out the batteries. And his little his little hands, he said, boop, grabbed yeah, him. He did. That's right. And you I fucking do know what's coming. I do. Yeah, I do. I do remember that. So, um, but nonetheless, the opening of it, when you hear that sound, I just remember seeing this in the theater and the audience just gasped. Like they were just like, oh shit. And just as uh, John Krasinski is literally running towards the little kid, he's just standing there. I'm like, move, move. Like <laughs> it's just literally like, it's so suspenseful. Like the entire scene is, and then that creature just comes, and it's actually pretty violent for a PG 13. Like, as you see the whole thing, just like of the body just snap pretty much in half. And uh, then, literally, title card, a quiet place, the and the music once again, fuck, like you, you just can't go wrong with 
a good horror movie opening that follows a great title card that has a great score to play along with the title card. So yeah, quiet place is definitely, um, definitely up there. Uh, that comes in at number four. All right. Wow. All right. For my number three, I also have it. Hey, Riley's in here. <laughs> Riley's in the other room. What's up, Riley? <laughs> All right, I have um, it 2017. Basically, for everything that you said earlier, um, I like the that we're getting like already introduced to Bill and Georgie, and we get like a little bit more time with them because, like you said, the miniseries doesn't open with that. It opens with like the little girl, mm-hmm. but. Um, with this one, it's raining, so we're already getting like a, the atmosphere for dairy, and I like how like moody and the like coloring of everything, um, and just playing with his boat, and it already like establishes that they have like a good relationship between them, and everything you said with the introduction of Pennywise, I think it's so effective. I think Tim Curry is a great Pennywise. Bill Skarsgård is my favorite of the two, though, mm-hmm. and yeah, like you said, the CGI it is a little strange when he opens his mouth up it looks a little weird but everything else is so effective and um again it sets up the mood for the rest of the movie and i remember sitting in theaters for this one and i was just like oh my god because my friends were like oh my god the little boy dies in the opening and i was like well yeah i figured that but he's like no but you don't understand i was like no yes i do like he dies but um it was still effective and he's so cute. So you feel mm-hmm. really bad. And the arm just reaching out to pull him back and the blood that's just laying there after he gets dragged in. It's so sad. And he's yelling for a uh, bill and everything, but yeah. 2017, what a freaking movie. It, not only a great opening, just a great movie in general. So, you know, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, number three on my list it's the one, the only, the classic Halloween. Um, number three on my list is Halloween 1978. Uh, I think that the opening of this movie is effective for so many different reasons. Um, the number one being that, uh, well, not number one, but two being the music. Uh, that introduction to John Carpenter's music, like after the opening scene. Um, and then just that music that plays as soon as you see the light go off in Judith's room. But the thing is, we don't know who this is. We don't know who this is, why they're doing it. It's just so it's just scary. And uh, it's that POV, like the entire opening shot of from when it comes around the tree to all the way when Michael essentially sees his parents out front and his dad comes up and he's like, Michael, and then it's revealed to be literally the six-year-old boy with a butcher knife. And uh, yes, obviously, like the parents are just standing there with their hands in their pockets, just kind of like that awkward, know. like zoom out. They're just like very awkward, very, very awkward. Yes. Um, but still, that obviously gave there's a lot of movies that have tried to, you know, use that and reference that as well. So, I mean, it's a very chilling and effective opening because of, again, just that score, the unknown factor as to who we're following right now. Even though, like, obviously we've seen the movie numerous times. Like, when you see, like, the baby hand reach out and, like, you know, grab the knife, you're kind of like, okay, like, this has to be, like, a kid or something like that, right? Now, 
for those of you that don't know, that's actually Deborah Hill's hand that reaches out and grabs the knife. So um, maybe you guys learned something here today, but that's actually Deborah Hill, uh, one of the writers and producers of the film. So uh, just fun fact. Wow. I didn't put Halloween on my list. I was like, should I? And I didn't, mainly because I have... I have two on here that are pretty, um, you know, top, top dogs when it comes to this. So I didn't mm-hmm. put Halloween on my list, even though I do love the opening still. I do find it effective. It is something like you're saying, because we've seen the movie so many times. And like, I can't even remember like not knowing about this movie as a kid. So it's so hard to like picture what people must have like when they first watched it, like in theaters, you're like, oh my God, it's a kid. It's like, you know, this whole time, that's crazy. Yeah. But I feel like it's just because like, oh, it's Michael Myers. Like we already know. So I wish I can go back and just like watch this for the first time and just like fully experience it because it would be cool just to not know that even though it's something that's so small. I do ask my dad all the time because my dad was nine or 10 when Halloween first came out in the theaters. And I ask him, I'm like, so what was it like going to the movies back around that time? And he does remember like being 10 years old and just literally seeing how crowded the theater was like on like, especially as the word kind of traveled regarding Halloween. He remembers being there. Like, I think he said it was the weekend after it came out and just seeing like how many people were just going in and like he would walk by the theater and just hear the music and just pretty much be unsettled and everything so i mean yeah there's uh, and i would literally give anything to just be like if i can time travel and go to the opening night of hollow like of halloween 1978 and sit there and just listen to that music play for the very first time and you're just kind of like what the fuck (laughs) so like the lights dim and that's the first thing you hear like holy shit um but yeah i i do know that uh that's a great way to open a movie with the jack-o'-lantern and just again that that's kind of establishing the atmosphere without even really being too over the top or really anything more than literally just a jack-o'-lantern that a camera zooms in on that's lit and it's amazing and obviously now people have picked up on the fact that in the eye and the nose it looks as if the man like the man in a mask is looking at a knife and we now know that is michael myers so it's really cool to to know that so yeah it's kind of crazy banana bread what's going on man welcome in glad to have you in here honestly you might have the best name in the chat right now banana bread and the profile picture as well (laughs) banana bread at work Oh, Riley, yeah. Riley's telling us a little bit of a story here. Braden actually used to dress up as Myers and chase us with a butcher knife. It is what we called fun. Fun. <laughs> no, literally. So uh, that that's a true story. It would be middle of the summer. The like uh, their friends, they would have them over. I would dress up as Michael Myers. I would chase him around the neighborhood. And my dad literally eventually said that we had to stop because the cops are going to get called because they're screaming and I'm dressed up as someone chasing them with a knife down the street. So, um, yeah, that uh, that is definitely a, a true story. Misael was there. He was over uh, all the time uh, when we did that. So, yeah, 
hopefully not a real knife. No, but it looked real. It was a prop knife, but it, it, it honestly, you, you drive fast enough by in a cop car or just in a car in general, and you just see someone running, the knife looked real enough. So, um, cause it was pitch black, man, but yeah, great times, man. Uh, Riley, thanks for jumping in and telling that story. Um, but, uh, okay. What are we on? Number two. Yeah. All right. Des, what do you got? Number two, I have the opening from Jaws. Like most people have already said, one of the best openings. Um, you start off with, you have Chrissy and the guy that she meets at the fire, which it just, again, talk about like time traveling, to sit like on a beach with like a group of friends. I know you can do that now. And I hate when I try to like talk about this. Like you could still do it. It's just like the vibes aren't the same. Mm-hmm. To be in the 70s, to sit on the beach with your friends, by campfire, smoke a joint, have some drinks. That's like a different feeling, okay? And I want to do that. So in the opening, that's what they're doing. And they decided to go for a little swim, a little skinny dip in the ocean. I would never do it, but they do. Um, and you have Chrissy out there swimming, and the guy is drunk, and he just falls asleep on the shoreline. Um, but you have her out there, and it's just one of those things. It's She's out there in the dark in the middle of the ocean. And then you could see the first like initial shock whenever um, the shark hits her. And then that first pull where she like jolts under and comes back up. And then she's just being thrashed around and pulled around and she's just screaming for help. And no one is helping her until she's pulled under and it's completely silent. And that's one of the reasons why the ocean is so scary. Obviously, that is the shark's home. And, like, if we get in the water, we are putting ourselves there. But just, like, the thought of being in the water and to feel something brush against your leg or to pull you under, it gives me anxiety. I Mm -hmm. never want to put myself in that situation because I couldn't handle it. Um, But Jaws. And, again, talking about, like, finalization, too. Jaws is one of those things where, like, you go to the ocean, you're thinking about Jaws. And even mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Jaws, you know what Jaws is. And you've heard, like, the score and everything. So it is just so everywhere in pop culture that you cannot, like, escape Jaws. But rightfully so, because it's impactful. And especially that opening. Just, like, everyone's like, this does whatever what Jaws did for the water. And, like, it's for a good reason. I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone is fucking scared because I'm still scared of the ocean from this movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you literally, I feel like anybody that approaches the water or anybody that's even like in the pool and like they do like that, like little shark thing, you know, any time that, um, any time that someone does that, they normally do the you know, like they do that. John and John Williams fucking masterful, like with the score for this movie, because it's like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just absolutely terrifying. Like there's just everything about it. Um, I mean, the movie has a just the movie in general, like has a good mix of terror, but also like a warm summer day type of feel, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it's amazing. But yeah, that opening is my number two as well so we can just continue the conversation on why the opening is just so effective um like i just think that when chrissy gets in the water and she goes out just far enough to where the sea lurker can look up and just that 
the POV of the shark of him just kind of like follow. And I know it's the camera that's following Chrissy, but from our perspective, it's the shark and it's just following where she's going. And then it's just slowly starting to approach her because sharks are very, you know, they, they can come out of nowhere. And that's what also makes them just so creepy. Like, you, I, I mean, there's some TikToks that I see, like, where people are swimming in foggy like water. And then all of a sudden, mm. like, a shark just, like, comes, like, right out of it. And it's just like, whoa. Um, like, their life's flashed right before their eyes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the the opening of Jaws is effective for basically every reason that you have said. And yeah, just the fact that this guy passes out on the beach and couldn't hear her because he was out cold. Like he was just up on the beach and he was drunk. Yep, that was it. And wake up the next morning and her hand and some of her body parts wash up on shore. Uh, which that opening, it extends into the next morning as well, because you see the aftermath, like when Chief Brody arrives at the beach and everything um, to come to realize what had happened. And uh, yeah, the, the opening of Jaws is just masterful for all those reasons. And I understand that Jaws was a bitch of a project to get through from a filmmaking standpoint, and honestly, like if they ever, I really hope they don't because they don't need to because the 1975 version of the movie still holds up to this day. And I do think it's because of the technical shark. Like it was an actual robotic shark that they used and it still holds up. I wish movies would do that more nowadays because the effects still look so good. But, you know, um, I'm glad that they were able to push through and, and get this done. Uh, one of the things that Riley and I uh, always joke about when we're on the, ter- uh, not the Terra Tram, but on the studio tour at Universal Studios <clears throat> is they have like a TV and they're going through some of the stuff and you just hear the, uh, the shark is not working. The, the shark is, and you know, <laughs> any, <clears throat> anytime that part of the tour comes up, like you could just hear Riley at the end. She's like, the shark is not working. Like, <laughs> so, um, and it's right before the jaws segment of the studio tour, which is really awesome. Um, but I'm glad that they were able to get it done. Cause the movie just not the open, not even just the opening, but the whole movie in general is amazing. So, but that opening it's stuck with a lot of people for quite some time. So, and it still does stick with people when you see it for that first time. So, yeah. And then I know, like we talked about the book and stuff and even though the book is so whatever that opening though, from the book is still so effective and it's still creepy because um, I feel like with the book, you can really get the sense of how dark it really is because obviously when watching the movie, it's lit up enough so we can see what's going on. But in like reality, if that was what you're actually doing, the only light you would have is what little light would be from the moon. And so I feel like the book does a really good job at like helping paint that picture of how dark it is, which is just, it makes it even scarier. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I couldn't do it. All right. So number one. Oh, oh. Oh. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. 
My number one, I feel like we have the same number one as well. Riley also highlighted it earlier uh, in the chat for us. Literally the number one horror movie opening of all time goes to scream 1996, that original scream movie, man. Uh, I mean, what's there to be said about it that hasn't been said already. Um, I've mentioned it numerous times on the show that uh, I still think it's the most effective horror movie opening of all time. I do see Riley is in here as well. Scream. So, yeah, I mean, just the fact that Casey is home by herself and she gets terrorized by this man on the phone that we don't know who it is. And uh, that ghost face reveal and everything is is just everything. Um, honestly, Scream is still to this day, the best that I've seen. Um, I've yet to see a movie that surpasses it. Um, I'm seeing a couple people in here saying The Shining. The Shining, it does have a good opening, but it's really just the music as Jack is driving through a mountain to get to a job interview. Yes, it has a very chilling score, and I do think that the score of The Shining is absolutely great. However, in terms of a scare factor... Scream definitely takes it. And in terms of also horror, Scream definitely takes it. So, um, yeah, I mean, just what's there to be said about it? Des, tell us why you love the opening of Scream. Well, basically, like everything you said, you have Casey being home alone. And again, um, this is another movie I wish I could have been there to like experience because obviously Drew Barrymore was like, the face of the movie and she's being like heavily like marketed and like it's everywhere and so obviously going to this movie everyone thinks that she's going to be the final girl and stuff and for the movie to open up with her and then she gets killed off that shock must have been like insane for everyone to experience um but you have you know her like talking about like horror movies and it's something it's so cool because you know horror fans are sitting there watching me like oh she's like us you know or even the killer is like us because she ends up like getting stuff wrong but you just have like something so casual like her just making popcorn and going to watch movies and you get this voice that's already so just like chilling immediately and he's like playing the line of being somewhat like flirtatious and then creepy and then he crosses that line completely and then you just have him like toying with her and they're just going back and forth in this house and um it's just so scary because again like that could happen to anyone maybe not so much you know like the elaborate phone call and everything but she's just being at home and she's attacked and then she sees her parents and she can't do anything and then for her parents to walk outside and she's hanging there from the tree i think is one of the I think is the scariest image from the first movie is Casey's body hanging there. And it's super fast when they like cut up um, like the close up of her and everything. But uh, that image of her hanging there with like her guts on the outside and she's all bloody and like the way her like face looks, it's so effective. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to pull Riley's scream fact up here in just a second, but kind of like to bounce off of what you were just talking about. Like, it really is just that switch, like, when he kind of becomes creepy. And it's really when he says, I want to know who I'm looking at. And then, like, that kind of sets up the unsettled tone. And then he gets a little bit more 
you know, chilling, but it really is. I don't know why my favorite piece of that opening is when she gets into the kitchen, tries to act tough and be like, listen, asshole. And then he's like, no, you listen, you little bitch. You know, yeah. <laughs> and like it's literally just like that is like when you're just like, fuck, <laughs> like this guy ain't playing. So um, what do you call it? Uh, so Riley has a scream fact for us. Uh, you can tell Stu was the killer by the way Casey looked when she took the mask off before dying she got with him before and they mentioned that she was shocked that it was him um i've never paid attention to the look or anything but i mean i do also understand why uh like when she takes off the mask because she does in the very beginning and obviously that would spoil now if you're scream six you take off the mask in the beginning of the movie, which I was still shocked by. But yeah, definitely smart to not do that. But next time I'll have to look at like her overall facial expression because I've never noticed that. I do know that Billy and Stu were in different parts of the house at one point. So um, it definitely could have very well been Stu that was, yeah, the one that ended up on top of her. So, Yeah. Um, we've got a banana here saying not having the original Sydney carry through the latest screen movie was the worst move possible for the franchise. I didn't really mind it. Honestly, I thought that scream six was just as effective, um, without her. Uh, so I definitely thought that, um, it, it was good. Uh, and banana, I also saw that you saw the boogeyman. I'm glad that you liked that movie a lot, um, as well. Um, also at the party in Stu's attic, there was a blow up doll mimicking how they killed Casey. Was there actually? I've never noticed that. I've never noticed it. that either. So we knew all our, we're probably all right. Fourth of July. We're all watching Scream. That's it. We're all going to watch every single thing. We're all going to watch Scream. We're going to listen to everybody's commentary. We're going to do a live interactive commentary for that that's that's what we're gonna do um top five is hard top five is definitely hard i'm not gonna lie i was looking at my list and i was like oh damn like i can keep going honestly <laughs> but these but these are genuinely my favorite that i've seen so you know i think that um what do you call it i i definitely think that uh yeah I, i'm happy with it um did I see you at a, at the press release of the Boogeyman? I saw the Boogeyman at a press screening on May 23rd. May 22nd or May 23rd. So highly unlikely um, that you saw me. Uh, and the theater I saw it at was like dead. Like, I mean, it was literally like me, my sister's boyfriend, who was my plus one to come with for the press screening. And then it was like literally um, like four other people throughout the theater so yeah but um and obviously it also depends on where you saw the movie as well so um but nonetheless that is our uh top five now des there is um what <laughs> i was there you you were at the uh press screening um i'm glad that uh you enjoyed the movie then as well uh were you the one that was clapping at the end of the movie um but uh misael has a great question for us if you could travel back in time so he thinks so this would honestly be a good topic to do for like more like references but if there's one movie that you can think of 
one that you can travel back in time for to see when it premiered, what would it be? When? It would probably, I'm probably going to have to say Scream. Yeah? Yeah, for the opening, the twist. Um, yeah, probably Scream. Scream's definitely a good one. I'm going to go ahead. I mean, I would definitely like to um, I would definitely like to see that uh, on opening night, like hopefully with a packed audience. But I got to say, I've got to go with uh, Jaws uh, just with I mean, I know Jaws was sold out like when it came out because everybody was talking about it. So it was like there was a line that was like around the door for it. And that's actually Jaws is the movie that started the whole term blockbuster. Fun fact. So in 1975, when Jaws was released, literally there was people lined up around the city block. And that is what um, the term blockbuster dawned from. So uh, I would love to go see that movie and just see everybody's reactions to that opening and just the overall, even just like the overall finale, like when Brody is like on that sinking boat and it's just so awesome that the boat is nearly almost down. This literally is like perfect cinema because it's like the boat is almost down and this is like his last opportunity. If he doesn't get him, he might as well be dead because the shark is going to be right there. Um, so he's just shooting. And I'm like that last one. He's like, smile, you son of a boom. Like shit is fantastic. So I would love to go see that on the big screen for the very first time. Um, yeah. Brooke here says that uh, she saw Scream uh, on opening night. She was 16 when she saw Scream in theaters for the opening. That is amazing. I'm I'm jealous. I wish. And Riley also. Was, so if you guys can't tell, Riley's favorite scary movie and scary character is Ghostface. She's a huge fan of, of this character. Um, we all went to go see Scream 6. Riley was there. And I, I do remember um, when the double-wheeled Ghostface both did the knife thing at the same time. Her and I both chuckled, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be a great experience for sure. But I feel like that being there for Jaws would be mine. Because outside of Twister... Jaws was like the other movie that I watched so many times on VHS. Like my grandpa bought me. I remember we were at Target and he bought me Twister and Jaws because I asked for them. And I watched Twister literally on repeat. I can't even tell you how many times. And Jaws uh, another several hundred times <laughs> so yeah and i mean obviously i'd love to be there for halloween too as well like there's like if i can like pinpoint it's really those top three that i would love to yeah or um for the opening but i would love misael that is a great topic uh to discuss later on um on the show as well so we will definitely throw that on um onto the list of upcoming stuff so um that scene with both ghost faces is what i play right when i wake up 
<laughs> and I remember I, like hitting Diana, just being like, oh my God. I felt so bad for her yeah. because she was like getting the the worst of it. Because yeah. Destiny's getting so excited that she's hitting the arm and everything. Literally, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, just knocking her out. The whole scene with Gail, I was like grabbing onto her leg like this. Like I get it very into the movies obviously and mm -hmm. so yeah I, I don't sit next to me depending on what it is if it's a scream movie you have to back up if it's just like a normal horror movie whatever a scream movie though and my favorite characters are on the line yeah it might get a little rough i mean but i would say scream jaws halloween you yeah. said those three those are also like the three i would pick but Scream would probably be my favorite, mainly because yeah. of like the twist and everything. But to be there for Jaws, also amazing. And then Halloween again. And I think Black Christmas. I would have loved to see Black Christmas. The yeah, original. Black Christmas is, I mean, oddly enough, unless you're immersed into the horror community, it's not one that gets all the love that much. Like, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot of love. And people don't realize, too, that... Halloween, the character of Michael Myers was inspired by Billy from Black Christmas because that was 1974. So, you know, like, I mean, th there's some things that people tend to forget. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that Black Christmas is great. You and I, it's funny enough, you and I both came to own Black Christmas, not like within like a suitable distance um, from each other so yeah i mean i'm i'm happy i finally own that one on blu-ray i would like to own the 2006 one as well i do think that the 2006 one it gets a lot more hate than needed i'd say um because it's i mean it's just very fucking violent like it's um, <laughs> yeah well it's some one of, of it a little too much some of it a little too much i i know a couple of you had that last week when we were talking about favorite movie from each year that we've been alive a couple of you did have black christmas that i see in the chat now i, I don't remember who it was exactly but i do remember uh, there was at least one that i saw that said black christmas 2006 and i mean i get it you know i understand why it would be um i and i also get why people that are fans of the original don't like it that much it's kind of the, it's like literally got the rob zombieitis of halloween you know like those that love the original halloween tend to hate the rob zombie movies but I actually, hey, listen to me. I love the original Halloween, but I actually like Rob Zombie's 2007. I hate Rob Zombie's 2009. All right. So um, that's it. Uh, James, I will see you next week, man. I will see you Tuesday. I'm going to see you on Tuesday. What's up? Um, I don't know why I just did that. Uh, Riley has a question for you, Destiny. What's your opinion on Lights Out? Lights Out, that one, I... So I remember the trailer for this because I was like closing at work and it was like a night that my mom also closed at her job. So I was like going home alone and I'd like watched the trailer and um, my boss was like taking me home and the trailer scared the shit out of me because like I like ghost girls are like what really scared me and especially like in the dark because I was afraid of the dark as well. Um, so I had to go home alone after I watched that trailer, so I was freaking the fuck out. And that's the night that my mom woke me up 
And so, like, all I could see was, like, her shadow against the light. And I woke up, like, ready to start swinging because I thought it was the girl from the video. And then watching the movie, it's still so effective because that one's PG-13 as well. Um, but that movie is still so scary. And the opening, yeah, freaking Charlie Swan in it, freaking awesome. And that is a great opening with the lights flickering on and off. Um, but I loved Lights Out. I thought it was great. And Teresa Palmer, I think that's uh, the girl's name, like the blonde-headed like main girl. She's great in it too, the little mm -hmm. boy. I feel so bad. And then the mom. I know her from Grown Ups, so it's crazy to see oh, yeah. her play such like a sad role after like loving her in Grown Ups because she's so happy. But I love Lights Out. I haven't seen it in a while, but the movie is good and very it, effective. Diana it, is fucking scary. Yeah, I, I will agree. I think that it is good. And honestly, I'd say that, I mean, th that was David F. Sandberg's like directorial, big directorial debut, actually. So um, backtrack and Tonis, what's going on? See you guys in here. Don't want to forget to say hi to you. Um, but yeah, you know, I love David F. Sandberg too. Like I do talk pretty highly of him in quite a few of our episodes. So, um, And then a couple more. We're going to take a couple more questions, guys, since we are done with the topic for the night and we did just cross the hour mark. So um, go ahead and leave a few more questions. We'll take a few. Riley says, rank these insidious lights out and the conjuring. They are all very similar to me, um, probably because each of them have like a haunted house style vibe to it. Um, so how would you rank those? Um, the conjuring first for sure. Cause that's okay. in my top 10. And then I'd probably say insidious and then lights out. Um, cause insidious definitely scared me more, but also it's probably cause I was younger, mm -hmm. but I feel like there's more like a rewatchability to insidious and lights out. And I think it's cause lights out is such like a, heavy like subject and the mm -hmm. ending makes me cry every time i watch it mm -hmm. it makes me cry um and insidious does not make me cry so the conjuring insidious and then lights out okay um i gotta say i'm gonna go insidious and last and then i'm gonna put lights out and then i'm gonna put the conjuring because the conjuring and the conjuring 2 are like respectfully like respectively two of the greatest horror movies just together from the 2010s i mean those movies are great lights out i do very much enjoy and i think that lights out's consistent i'd say i guess it really depends on what insidious i i mean if she's talking about just like franchise wise for the conjuring or and i know lights out's a standalone movie but it also depends on what Insidious I'm watching. But the uh, in, like the first Insidious movie, I got to say, I think it's got some good scare factors to it. But then it just, I don't know, the movie after the reveal, it's that devil at the end. I, I can't get by it. Maybe I'll watch it again because I have to watch them because I do have a video coming out at the end of the month covering all four Insidious movies. But... um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I gotta gotta rewatch it. But as of right now, it's and I do love James Wan, but Wan is already number one with the conjuring, so you know. But uh yeah, I gotta go insidious, lights out, just because also I, I'm honestly shocked neither of us had lights out as either an honorable mention or in top five, but it might make top ten. Honestly, if like we were to do top ten, 
because the opening of Lights Out is fucking terrifying. Yeah, like, I didn't even think about it whenever I was doing my list. I didn't think about Lights Out at all until Riley asked, what did I think? And I was like, damn, that's a really good opening, too. That opening is yeah. really effective. Yeah. And, I mean, for those of you that aren't familiar with the director and his wife, that the girl that does the flip of the switch, the on and off to see Diana and everything that is his wife. And the reason that she has that role in the movie is because she also starred in the terrifying two minute short. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, genuinely not a whole lot of like those two minute short films scare me, but genuinely that two minute movie is fucking terrifying <laughs> um i mean that movie it, it went viral and yeah like i didn't see that until after the fact but i was like oh hey it's the same girl i was like oh shit it's the same filmmaker um so yeah that's his wife and she has a cameo in each of his movies which is really cool like you can like pinpoint her you're like oh hey it's it's the director's wife and in shazam fury of the gods david f sandberg actually gave himself a cameo and he's like running after something in the sky and he gets like picked up and like tossed it's really cool i was like i literally leaned over to my dad when we went to go see that i was like that's the director <laughs> so um i mean and david f sandberg he's just got such a great personality too if you guys want to learn filmmaking or anything about it he still runs his youtube channel he's still uh warner brothers does send him uh because he's also the director of annabelle creation fun fact um if you didn't know that but warner brothers does send him the behind the scenes stuff for him to use like to make videos just on filmmaking and his style and he's just a great overall individual and i i support anything that the man does i am sad though that shazam 2 didn't hit um it wasn't successful in the box office and i do because I, I like the filmmaker behind it so um yeah uh got a few more uh so need to revisit lights out lights out is creepy as fuck sinister's opening the sinister's opening is also creepy as fuck especially because it's just a family with their necks tied onto a tree and the tree snaps and then they're all hanging. What? Like, and then that's and then it leads right into the title card. Like, it's like sinister. It's like, yeah, that was sinister <laughs> already. Um, so yeah, uh, Braden, I feel yeah. I thought the first two out of the three of Insidious was great. The last one third is or two thirds of. I thought you were talking about two of the three movies. Um, Two thirds of Insidious is great. That last one third just is decent. Yeah, it, it kind of takes it um, takes it out. Uh, Brettman, your uh, comments. I didn't. Some of the other one. Are you talking about these ones? I got this one. This this one just showed up on my end. So. Um, my top five, no order, are The Conjuring, Friday the 13th Remake, It Follows, Zombieland, and Scream. Zombieland actually does have a pretty solid opening, too. I can't even lie. It has, like, a fun opening. Um, thoughts on Megan? In three yeah. words. In three words. Fun, not rewatchable. Okay. 
Yeah. Like I, I was you took one of the words, but it's just it's dumb but fun. That's it. Dumb but fun. Dumb but fun. Like, you know I agree with that. Yeah. Like I I don't know. I the fact that that movie has a sequel already coming as well is like isn't it like yeah, it's Megan 2.0. That's what yeah. the sequel is gonna be called. So I think it's gonna be another uh another January release also. So, yeah, I, I was watching Megan and we do have an episode on Megan as well, um, where we did chat about it a little bit. And I mean, it's the unrated one is not even an improvement over the theatrical. Like there's just some extended scenes to it, but it's like, I'm like, dude, give me an unrated version of it and if it was R, maybe it would have been better riley's saying it's given annabelle vibes to it i say it kind of gives child's play 2019 vibes but you know it'd be great to see megan versus annabelle uh brooke says friday remake has a great opening i will agree to that actually i do think i would actually say that the friday opening for the remake and even the Nightmare on Elm Street remake opening is solid. The opening of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Not the movie. Don't get that confused with the movie. The opening is solid. Um, but yeah, I do think that the Friday remake has a pretty fun opening as well. Um, all right, we're going to do two more questions here. Uh, so Aaron, you're going to be one of them. And whoever's comment pops up first uh, is going to be... Um, going to be the last one that we take question wise we'll respond to some of the comments but question wise Braden and destiny have you seen we're all going to the world's fair not necessarily horror but horror ish it's a slow burn but it's really weird and creepy i have not seen that i don't even know what that is i have not seen it it is on my watch list um the poster for it's like really weird because it's like a girl's face and she has like this colored contact and it's like white greenish. And um, I've heard about it and I've heard it's weird. I just haven't seen it. It reminds me of like the way like Skin of a Rink, which I have not seen as well, but it's like weird. And it's like, like stylistically, I think like different than like normal things. It's like supposed to be different. So it's on my watch list. I just haven't gotten around to it because I do know, I feel like I just have to be in the right setting to watch that. The same thing with like Skin of a Rink. I'm just waiting for like the right moment to like watch them. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen Skin of a Rink either. Um, I'm seeing very mixed things on it. Like some people are calling it absolutely great. A lot of people are calling it just like, eh. So, you know. I think it's just, I, yeah, it's definitely with, you know, I think it's just like with each person. Because I know like with Skin of a Rink, I've tried watching it. And I fall asleep because it's a quiet movie and you're like the camera's just sitting there. And so you're kind of just, like watching things and it's more of like what people see that's not there. And then that's what I think it's more like effective. So I think it just, it depends on like the person and just like what your mind sees in the dark basically, which mm -hmm. I think is interesting. Cause like a lot of it is really just like you're, you're scaring yourself basically with like what's not there. So I think it's fascinating. Will it work, though, for me? Probably not, but I still want to give it a try. 
Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But no, I have not seen that. I uh, I wouldn't mind watching it. I'm always down to watch new movies in general. So we're all going to the World's Fair. I'll have to put that on my list of stuff that I need to watch. So uh, we'll do that. Looks like we don't really have any other questions. Can I be in the outro, Riley? That's a question. Right. That is Riley. Get on in here. You could be in the outro. Don't do anything stupid. So let's all uh, sit down and uh, wait for Riley's arrival. Definitely in the mood for a weird slow. I think and, uh, it's on like HBO Max as well. We're all going to the World's Fair or Max. Oh, okay. Whatever. Max. Yeah, it get is it right. Streaming. Brettman uh, did Shut say up. that. Uh, <laughs> Brettman said the remake for the Nightmare opening was. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Oh my god, what was that? Ah! <laughs> oh my god. Did you see me? Yeah, we saw you a little in. bit. Talk in the talk in the mic, otherwise people can't hear you. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. That's all I got for you. <laughs> all right. Wow. Thank you for making a guest appearance, Riley. And thank you for being in the uh in the chat here tonight. Um <laughs> everyone here seems to be loving it so everyone is loving uh the little cameo from my sister and everything um what do you call it uh yeah you guys heard her like share subscribe to the channel but uh what uh what do you got coming up this week Des? anything uh coming up this week no nothing nothing nothing, nothing else up and coming uh yeah i think this is it for me this week um in terms of things on friday june 30th i will have my uh insidious the ultimate recap coming out that will be covering insidious through insidious the last key so that way um you know we're recapping everything before insidious the red door hits theaters on july 7th definitely excited for that one um, but again, as you guys heard Riley say, make sure you guys like, share, and subscribe. And I hope that you guys have a fantastic rest of your guys' week. And as always, if you guys like this, don't forget to join this channel on its journey to 15,000 subscribers. And we will see you guys next time on Fear Freaks. Have a great week, all, and good night.